0: This heart of the Matter, where we do all we can to worship God in spirit and in truth. It's Fourth of July. I'm Sean McCraney, 2017, and uh, we're going to have a very, very interesting program tonight. Uh, probably not too many tuning in because of fireworks, etc., cetera, around the, at least the U.S., but uh, I have a guest here that's going to fascinate you, uh, oh. I think, and yeah, big buildup <laughs> for you there, Rock. It, <laughs> but anyway, as we always do, let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord, uh, we just come to you. We seek you and uh, pray your blessings upon Rock and help him to articulate the things that you want him to say. And uh, bless his heart for the uh, faith he has in uh, you and, and your son and uh, you loving us so much. You sent him to give his life. And we pray that we'll be able to have a good dialogue and a good time. and. And, he'll, and we'll be able to reach people for the truth and whatever that might be. However it comes out, Lord, we put it in your hands, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So there is a, we're gonna call it, let's go to Two-Shot Ladies. Uh, we call our ladies now Cage Ladies. Uh, <laughs> our Cage Ladies, I have with me here Brock Waterman. Rock, rock. Brock, Brock. <laughs> you know, Brock! You know better than that. In, in my phone, <laughs> I have Brock. Oh. And I've had it in my phone as Brock for about uh, Twelve nine, years, nine. nine years, and so and it's rock, rock, okay. like Rock Hudson, uh, but except he's better looking and I probably you know, not gay.
1: I know you knew me better than that. <laughs> I, I know you better than that.
0: Uh, he's famous. He's a famous man on the internet. Interviewed by the New York uh, New York Times. New York Times about Mormonism. He has a blog spot. Mormon, pure Mormonism. Pure Mormonism. Right. Now that's what we're going to experience tonight. This is uh, Rock's explanation of pure mormonism uh, and it's going to be fascinating to hear what he has to say but before he does that i would like you to tell our audience um, a, a brief synopsis of your life and in particular your religious history um, starting at birth
1: <laughs> well i was born in the church like you i served the mission uh, can i just say you are you know this already, but you are one of my favorite ex-Mormons oh, because uh, all you need to to get along with you know there there was a time maybe 15 years ago and throughout my life I wouldn't be caught dead talking to somebody like you because you're a filthy apostate. Yeah. And uh, but <laughs> all we really need is, is is the the union of Christ. We both love Christ, and that's what matters. But before we get started, I, my wife had a question. Oh, she's always wondered what's with the
0: howdy partner. Oh. Uh. <laughs> uh what the howdy partners sign for rock's wife is when we were starting off before we aired here in 2006 it was actually 2005 i drove through the state to look for something that would go on our set (laughs) that we were making and i saw that sign in a place called uh, a big huge cowboy store way up north in ogden uh something that doesn't matter the, yeah. THE POINT IS,
1: IT JUST NEVER SEEMED TO HAVE ANYTHING TO DO WITH WHAT YOU WERE TALKING ABOUT. HOWDY, uh, PARTNER.
0: YEAH, IT'S SUPPOSED TO WELCOME PEOPLE. Okay. HOWDY, PARTNER, AND THAT'S ALL IT WAS. ALL RIGHT, okay. SO, CARRY ON. SO, my,
1: I, I AM a, a DEVOUT BELIEVER IN THE GOSPEL OF THE RESTORATION, AS RESTORED THROUGH JOSEPH SMITH, A DEVOUT BELIEVER IN THE BOOK OF MORMON. Uh, I, have, I, I WAS A MEMBER ALL MY LIFE. I continue to TO BE A BELIEVER. HOWEVER, THE CHURCH EXCOMMUNICATED ME because I wouldn't go along with, I wouldn't sustain, I wasn't able to sustain uh, Thomas S. Monson as a prophet, seer, and revelator. And Mm. the reason I wasn't able to do that was because I've seen no evidence that he had those gifts. Mm. So (coughs) we have, in the church today, there is only one doctrine left, and that is we have a man we call a prophet, and we must follow him. I testified vigorously at my excommunication hearing of Joseph Smith, Jesus Christ, the restored gospel, the Book of Mormon, none of that mattered. They kept wanting to know, do you sustain Thomas Monson as a prophet, seer, and revelator? Now, I should tell you that there is a massive movement. Right now, the church, you may remember, in the 70s and 80s, the LDS church was on a projectory sky high. Mm -hmm. Before long, everybody was going to be a Latter-day Saint. Today, the church is stagnant. Mm. It's not not getting... um, It's not getting new converts. They're they're doing all kinds of acrobatic mental acrobatics. They're counting. They're now counting babies as members of record. It used to be they would count a kid when he was baptized at eight years old. Now it's a baby, because just to try and keep the numbers level. Um, But what I see today in the LDS Church is they can't get out of the leaders can't get out of the way. Mm. The problem with Mormonism is the leaders of the Mormon Church. They are. Inward focus to themselves. They want you to have a testimony of the church. They want to have a testimony of them. Uh, recently, a year or two ago, me was either Elder Rus- Russell Ballard or Russell Nelson. I get my Russells confused. He said, "He said, keep your eyes riveted on the leaders of the church. We cannot lead you astray. We will not." And what about keeping our eyes riveted on Jesus Christ? Yeah. So anyway. I'm now part of a growing movement that is uh, moving away. uh, One of the things I notice is the closer a person gets to uh, allegiance to leaders, the further they are from Christ, even though they don't realize it. You know, a standard Latter-day Saint will think, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But we are living, uh, this church today is a cult. And that's a word that I never, uh, it just bugged the heck out of me when people would call the Mormon church a cult. But if you are... Looking to one man or one group of men mm-hmm. as as who you should follow, that's the very definition of a cult, mm-hmm. and that's what they that's what they require of their members. And again, uh, so uh, so this movement this movement out of the church and into we don't know what to call it because the Elias Church. Thinks we're trying to start a new church of some sort. Mm. No, we're not. We have no leaders. We have no hierarchy. We are just learning to follow Christ. We're learning to follow the scriptures. We're we're Christ-focused, and and we're learning to love our fellow man like never before. Mm. Uh, I'm rambling on and on, but you know, and as an example. You can go outside of the temple and you can find, well, maybe not anymore since they built that mall to prevent it, but you could find beggars asking for change. And it annoyed the members. You know, it, it annoys They've they just gone in the temple to have this wonderful spiritual experience, and here's this flipping <laughs> beggar bugging them. <laughs> this is what the temple was for in ancient days, as you yeah. well know. That's where the beggars congregated because, they, the, you know, the people were commanded alms. to give. Yeah. But the church today tells, actually advises people not to give. To, you know, there's Somebody actually proposed typing up a, a little card that you can give to them, showing them uh, the names of some social services they can go to. Mm. But anyway, that kind of stuff bugs me.
0: So, Rock, you're uh, going back. You, you served the mission, married in Temple. Was Temple yep, married? Yep. Uh, the children, you have three. Did they do the missions? Three, three grown children, only one. Uh, I and my son are the
1: only ones in our line that ever served missions. I see. Uh, he, uh, he served a Hmong-speaking mission in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I went to Missouri Independence. so I was uh, At the time, befo- I, I didn't go until I was 21 years old, and uh, I got to go to Missouri Independence, and I was a big uh, Mormon history mm. buff by that time. And so I knew all these locations and what they meant, and my companions didn't. Mm. And the, 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 only, the only thing I missed was Nauvoo, because it was across the river, and weren't allowed to go there. So pure Mormonism. Yes. Give us a little bit okay. of insight uh, to that. I'm well, I'm trying to show the core fundamentals of Mormonism are valid, they're worthwhile, but somehow in modern times, well, in, in the last hundred years, well, uh, let's go back to Brigham Young. The, the church that was founded through Joseph Smith was a libertarian, live-and-let-live, love-one-another society, but by the time Brigham Young took hold of it, it became author- authoritarian or autocratic, and autocratic uh, and today it's you know, well, I look at the name of the church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I look at that to mean that it's the Church of Jesus Christ, and it's the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Mm. It was our church, but today we uh, your basic member looks to the leaders as they own it, mm. you know you can't well. Look, they toss out somebody who's a believer in Christ because it's their church, and I'm not. Well, the problem was I was teaching things that hit a little close to home, and I was being critical of, uh, of the way that they were uh, <coughs> mis, uh, misconstruing Scripture. Mm-hmm. I say we go back to our original scriptures. There's nothing wrong if you read the Book of Mormon and the. Uh, Doctrine and covenants, you can't really find anything in there to be critical about. You know, I, of course, I know that you, you don't share my my beliefs in it. But when you when you look at the early uh, actual revelations, you say, well, you know, it's not bad. It's mm-hmm. you know, love one another and do good and don't try to, you know, be the boss of everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, today, the you know, there's the D N C one twenty one. Everybody's familiar with, mm-hmm. which uh, says that the priesthood can only operate through love and long suffering, they don't do it that way, you know. Today they are in charge, and you toe the line or you're out. So,
0: now just to let you know, uh, uh, Rock, he is. Uh, we've mentioned uh, Denver Snuffer a few times on the show, and we've had a few people who have known and even followed Denver Snuffer. Not followed, but they appreciate his insights into things. Yeah. And and Rock is one of them, but. Rock uh, carries forward a belief that a certain segment of Latter-day Saints have, and that is that Joseph Smith was not a polygamist. That's correct, yeah. And, and that uh, the LDS Church, I'm gonna summarize it and then you explain. Okay. Uh, the LDS Church, knowing that Brigham Young certainly was, is throwing the heat on Smith, because they're just saying he practiced it first, he did it too, and, but there's reason that you believe that. Right, well, they, they, can't, they can't
1: denounce Brigham, because they depend upon him, they trace their authority back through Brigham to Joseph Smith. But everything about Joseph, Joseph in the last weeks of his life spent almost all of it denouncing what was known then as spiritual wifery. He denounced it from the pulpit constantly, but the documentary history of the church was deliberately doctored under the direction of Joseph Smith. So we have things that Joseph Smith apparently said that he, didn't, he never said. He said the exact opposite. There's an, a, 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 an example. He got upset one night, and he grabbed Willard Richards as a scribe, and he goes out to the streets of Nauvoo as the mayor, and he denounces polygamy, and he says, no man should have more than one wife. And that was pretty much the end of that. That sentence has been amended since, unless the prophet says it's okay. Something to that. Uh, uh, uh. So we're looking at today, at if, if you look at Everything we know about Joseph's alleged um, participation in polygamy came after he was gone and could not, could not defend himself. And there, uh, uh, one of my favorite stories is uh, um, the story that Emma Smith was not keen on Joseph taking another wife. And Joseph had told her that, that the Lord had commanded it, but she wasn't going to have anything to do with it. So according to this story, An angel with a flaming sword appeared to Joseph Smith in a vision and threatened his life, and said he was going to be slayed unless he convinced his wife to practice polygamy. Well, that story doesn't show up until the 1880s. It first comes from John Taylor, and then uh, as soon as that gets out, Heber Kimball picks it up, and you can find it in every speech anybody ever gave. They start talking about it. Joseph said this, Joseph said that. Well, for 40 years, 40 odd years, we never heard a thing about it until John Taylor made it up, and uh, I always thought it was a little odd. If if the Lord wanted I- Emma Smith to accept polygamy, why didn't He send that f- angel with the flaming sword to Emma? Why why did He send her to Joseph? <laughs> There's an interesting book that came out a few years ago by a fellow by the name of J- Jeff Riggenbach, and he it's it's titled Why Why American History Is Not What They Say, and he shows that until the f- first part of the 20th century, historians, the most, the best historians made things up if they were faith-promoting. One of the disappointments of my life was to learn that Charles Bancroft, who wrote a ten-volume history of the United States, admitted to fabricating things if he felt it would create a sense of patriotism (laughs) in the reader. Well, the Mormons were (coughs) were not immune to that. They did the same thing. People wonder why would they make this stuff up? Because it's faith promoting, it helps. It's like George Washington, the cherry tree. It never happened. Betsy Ross and the flag, we know that stuff didn't happen. But uh, if, if, you, if you've got a society that has now claimed, a religious society that's claimed it's essential to practice polygamy in order to gain your salvation, then they're gonna have to make up stories that the founder said
0: rock can we talk a little bit about uh you're obviously pure mormonism you're in support of Joseph Smith not in the standard view that the church today has put uh forth of him but more of the Emma Smith view uh you would have gone with the saints th- yeah, yeah. Uh, there
1: was a time when i wouldn't you know i i bought into you know Joseph uh, Brigham Badmouth Emma. yeah um you know Joseph Smith wrote uh you know an inspired version of the bible he edited the bible and mm-hmm. amended it here and there and uh Brigham, down, you know, just dismissed that, and it was because Emma wouldn't let him have a copy. <laughs> you know? yeah. She owned it, so uh, uh, I forgot the question.
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> I had not yeah. delivered it yet. Yeah. But anyway,
1: uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think because well, yeah, I bought into the whole thing that Emma was just this sour, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But it's the, here's the thing about the Mormons: there is about twenty thousand members of the church in and around the Nauvoo area. Only half of them went to the Rockies with. With Brigham Young, mm. the others stayed on the plains. They were they came became known as the Plains Mormons, and they consider themselves Mormons. Every now and then, a, 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 a elder would come through on his way to uh, to a mission in England, and they'd house them. There was no dissension, mm. no division, but in the church, they all consider themselves Mormons. It was just that some of them went, mm. you know, went out west, and. Uh, uh, somewhere along, you know, Brigham just kept, you know, he, he with one side of his mouth, he'd say, I pray for Sister M all the time. And uh, he said, we, uh, I'm looking forward to when her son takes his rightful place here among the people. Mm-hmm. And of course, when her son grew up and came, mm-hmm. uh, he was packing the churches. They were both two sons. Um, and they were packing the churches and the saints were just so thrilled that he was here. By then, we had the leadership, you know, their, their authority was threatened. Sure. They were, you know, if, if if everybody started following <laughs> Joseph's son, where were they? Yeah. So that's basically when we started hearing these uh, women who were now married to the prominent members of the hierarchy. Mm. This is when they started
0: uh, affirming that they had been sealed to Joseph; they'd been married to him. So, and my my train of thought, uh, Rock, is you 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 would would this be fair to say? You see Joseph Smith as a key player in the reformation? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, that he added a great deal. Would you take his place? Uh, uh, how would you put him in, in, in terms of Jesus Christ? Where would you put him in salvation? Where would you put Joseph Smith in, in your salvation? And in your kind of hierarchy of faith? I mean, do you place yourself very salvation on his shoulders. <laughs> no. no. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. The 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 primary role and Beach Roberts taught this. The primary role of a prophet is, is as a teacher. Yeah. And that's all his his role is. He's to point you to Christ. He's not to say look at me and you'll get to Christ come this mm-hmm. way. In fact, Joseph said something very interesting. He said the people are being darkened in their minds because they're depending too much on the prophet. Mm. Now, you're not going to hear that from the prophet today. Mm. They're going to say, you need to depend on the prophet. Yeah. But he was saying, back off, people. Mm. Look to Jesus, look to the Scriptures. Mm. Uh, he, uh, and again, everything he taught pointed to Christ. Mm-hmm.
0: So Phone lines, eight zero one nine seven three. is that right?
1: Nobody's watching. It's the fourth of July. Four,
0: five, seven, three. We're here with Rock Waterman. What else, brother? What else comes oh, to your gosh. mind? Oh uh, gosh.
1: Well, I, I was talking about this movement, which has just given the leaders of the church fan tods. So you mentioned Denver Snuffer. Denver Snuffer is an incredibly well-read and well-informed uh, teacher. Mm-hmm. And he, at his own, he was inspired by the Lord. To give a series of ten lectures, all leading to what Mormonism was supposed to be the focus of Zion, what it takes to become a Zion people. And he traveled in different parts of the state and gave a series of ten lectures. He bought he paid for the venues himself. You know, it's so funny. Every now and then somebody will say, Well, he's a fraud, you know, he's just in it for the money. Dude, he's not <laughs> he's paying his own way mm-hmm. and he's not trying to lead anything. So he's trying to he, he he gave these ten lectures, and they're uh, they're compiled now in a book called "Preserving the Restoration," which is really a marvelous work. Anyway, and I wonder, yeah. <laughs> so the church <laughs> today is uh, they're seeing this exodus of good members of the church. We've got bishops, stake high council people. Uh, one of my friends is a former primary president. Uh, when they wake up, man, they flip like that. They really, you know, it doesn't take long to go. Wow, I've been, you know. I've been misled. I've, I, I, you know, I've been following the church, and, and this is the problem. The church tends to want. Well, what did we grow up testifying of? Testimony meeting. We testified of the church. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in church one time, and I had, you know, I had a program and I had a pen, and I'm watching testimony meeting. Every time somebody testified of Joseph Smith or uh, or the church, I would make a mark. And over here, if they testified of Christ, I make a mark. <laughs> The, the, the people testifying of Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith would want, not really want people to testify of him. He uh, you know he would want people to testify of Christ. So uh, yeah, I was going somewhere with this. Um, so this movement. Uh, a, it's a, unofficial. Yeah, there's there's no leadership, no hierarchy. So the LDS Church, though, is trying to pin this. They're calling it the Snuff Right movement. And uh, it, it, you got to understand about Denver. oh, by, by the way, here's a here's a book he wrote. It's called A Man Without Fear, and he he wrote this book about Joseph Smith. And uh, again, it's not because he he uh you know without he doubt. worships Joseph Smith yes it's called a men without doubt and there's your copy sir I have it I've <laughs> yeah. read it actually. I know yeah. I know yeah yeah that's great um he he thank you denver is showing here that joseph smith should be counted among the great christian reformers anyway so um denver snuffer is a teacher he's not a leader of a movement but there are many of us who have read his writings a lot of people like me before we were read uh, Denver, there's a there's an awakening in the church. Let me put it that way. And uh, this has been going on for the last three years or more, where the Lord is putting it on our our hearts to to awaken. And Denver is just a part of that. But I, I guess I wanted to point out that uh, the church has they they a year or two ago they sent Dallin Oaks and and I think Richard Turley out to hold a big tri-state. Uh, uh, WHAT DO YOU CALL THOSE THINGS? Tri-state CONFERENCE, Conference in, uh, IN BOISE, BECAUSE THAT'S WHERE A POCKET OF SOME OF US IN THIS MOVEMENT, AND I USE THE TERM LOOSELY BECAUSE WE'RE NOT, ANYWAY, THEY WARNED THE PEOPLE ABOUT, uh, they warn the people about following, FOLLOWING FALSE PROPHETS, AND WE KNEW WHO THEY TALKING ABOUT, AND WE'RE ALL GOING, WHAT PROPHET? YOU KNOW, WE'RE NOT LOOKING TO HIM AS, as SOMEBODY to, FOLLOWING WHO? FOLLOWING HOW? He's, he's Yes, he's a prophet because everyone who has a testimony of Christ is a prophet, but he's not the leader of the movement. But what I wanted to say was, it's just given the church phantods that people are actually taking the sacrament at home. How dare they? Because in the LDS church, we have such a thing called sacrament meeting, and the bishop presides over it. And you're supposed to, you, you can't, you know, it used to be if you were going off camping for the weekend, and I remember this, you would, you, you know, you're gone on Sunday, you'd have the sacrament as your family. Now you're supposed to go to the bishop for permission, and often the bishop denies that permission. The sacrament of the, of the sacrament of our Lord. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But you have to have permission. It, 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 again, everything goes back to the doctrines. If you read 3rd Uh, through Nephi 18, where the Lord is presenting the sacrament and teaching the people, He says, meet together oft and partake of this. He doesn't say, meet together oft and make sure you have your bishop's permission. And the irony about the whole thing about sacrament meeting, sacrament meeting started, almost everything that is institutionalized in the church today began because people were doing it on their own. There weren't no chapels in Pioneer, Utah. People got together in each other's homes and they partook of the sacrament. And the church headquarters got wind of this and said, you know, that's a pretty good idea. Why don't we build chapels and have meetings? We'll call it sacrament meeting. And then people can all come and partake of the sacrament. Somehow that went from, not a bad idea to mandatory. So, the other thing that they're doing is we look at the words of jo- the teachings of Christ where he says to be baptized. And as you know, in the pioneer church, in the early church, people were baptized repeatedly, as often as they felt like. And usually this would be once a year. And uh, the leaders were rebaptized. So, they're re-bapti- you, you, you'd be a member of the church and you'd be rebaptized countless times. Today, if you're rebaptized, the LDS church considers that apostasy. They consider somehow that you are joining another church, when you're not. All all, all baptism means is it's its, its devotion to Christ. It's a sign of your commitment to Christ. But to them, see, because this is the problem. In the Latter-day Saint church, We have conflated baptism with membership in the church. I always did. You did on your mission. Sure. In fact, I thought my job as a missionary was to bring people to mm-hmm. the, into the church. When in reality, my job was to bring people to closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I ended up Bible bashing with people who are already closer to Christ than I ever was. Right. And, and and yet I thought they don't have enough. They need to be members of my church. But uh, um, the. Uh, this, this idea of being re- rebaptized is something that, well, so again, so the, the, the church considers that apostasy. If you're being b- baptized, you're joining a new church because they can't separate baptism from membership in the church. And it's, think about that for a minute. You are obeying the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet you've got some guys in suits telling you you can't do that. Same with the sacrament. Sacrament and baptism, that's the sign that they take. So we have a lot of people who have um, sort of drifted out of the church, and they've been kicked out. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, I'm not the only one. And it's almost always, you know, the bishop calls them in and and says, are you taking the sacrament at home? Well, yeah, we do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Rock, you mentioned that uh, of late, that they are calling people in uh, who are getting up in sacrament meeting and saying publicly that they want to draw closer to Christ. Exactly.
1: In fact, I I receive communications from people frequently. If they get up in uh, sacrament, those are apparently key code words. And and, uh, apparently the leadership of the church must be either holding seminars, for uh, and they do this frequently, uh, you know, for what to watch out for, or they'll send the uh, uh, a letter. Hey, in my own place, we just moved up to Sandpoint, Idaho. This is a good story. We moved up to San Ho- Sandpoint, Idaho, and uh, we'd been there a few months, and there's a growing group of us gravitating to that area, and so I heard that the leadership, the bishop, had a was given a, a letter to read in a sacrament meeting that. People or, or fundamentalists are moving into the area, and uh, I was named specifically. Uh, oh, jo- Denver Sneffer was going to be the new prophet. There's going to start starting a new church, and I'm going to be the first counselor. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm I'm apparently in the presidency of some non-existent church. Wow! They can't. They don't. They don't. And this is, and you know this as members of the church, we had this mindset: we can't separate devotion to Christ and baptism from the church. Mm -hmm. It's just something that that I couldn't. Mm -hmm. You know, you join the church and we use this interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, so-and-so joined the church that month they got baptized.
0: Let me ask you a couple questions, digging a little bit deeper in what our audience is interested in, uh, which includes what you've shared. Uh, And I just want to know, from your (coughs) perspective, is there a difference between what you are about now, and the group that is a non-group, but the people who believe like you, Denver and others like you, is there a difference? Do you have something that is superior in your walk in faith than a traditional evangelical? Well,
1: naturally, I'm superior, <laughs> that's a given. <laughs> Except well, you, know what? Hair. you know what, I think uh, uh, it's it's been my experience that those who have had the baptism of fire, experienced that baptism of fire, are changed, Ah. as you know. Uh, In the the LDS church, we have been taught, Boyd Packer taught this, and and others have taught that your testimony grows incrementally over time. Don't worry about it. And Boyd Packer himself admitted that when he was called to be an apostle, he said, "Uh, you know, I didn't think I had any special experience. So I'm reading in the Book of Mormon and other places where, uh, in Mosiah, this entire, this entire congregation, the entire people, were hit with this thing. So I'm learning that whatever the baptism of fire is, it's not incremental. You know it, bam, it hits you, you know? And so I decided to start pondering on this. I gave it some thought and study, and uh, so one day I, uh, we were visiting my son, who lived here in Salt Lake City, and nobody was home. I just lay down on the floor, tucked a pillow under my head, and I thought, I'm going to think about this, and wham, there it was. Absolute love, absolute forgiveness, absolute nothing like I'd known before. I experienced Jesus Christ. I experienced the Spirit. And the interesting thing was, several days later, I thought, huh, there was nothing about that in there about the church being true. That was not an issue. This supersedes Denominations it supersedes everything, coming to know the Lord. And now, again, I've been a return missionary. I've taught people. I've been taught Sunday school. I never known the Lord. So, what my point here is that most of the people in this movement, again, now I, I should, there's no name for it. We've played with ideas. People say, well, you know, we call ourselves Remnant Mormons and. Uh, I like uncorrelated Mormons because uh, those who are familiar with church correlation, you've got to fit into this funnel and, uh, you know, you've got to accept the given narrative.
0: Can I give you a name? Yeah. Body of Christ.
1: There, yeah, exactly. Right, right. But And, and of course, we, that's one of the names we consider, but it doesn't differentiate us from, uh, it doesn't show that we are sort of... Um, do you need to be? No, no, and you're right, and, you, and, and you're absolutely right. But in, and to some people, we want to let them know, look, we, we were Mormons, but you're absolutely right because that is exactly the name, because mm-hmm. that's, here's the thing about D&C 1067, you know, the church this, the church that. Today most Mormons, when they think of the church, they think of the leadership in Salt Lake City, you know, the, the great magisterium, that's their church. The Lord defined His church in D&C 67. He said, "All who repent and come unto Me, the same as My church." You and I are members of the same church. Amen. All of us here are members of the Church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise so, God. Uh, uh, he doesn't. He 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 doesn't differentiate
0: denominations. That's that's just stupid. So, to the question, your answer then would be uh, that those who have been. Uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, as you experienced on the floor of your son's house, or however you would want to describe yeah. that, they are part of the body of Christ, whether they are right. former Mormon or former Catholic or present Catholic or Baptist, whatever it is, they yeah. are part of the well, body. Well, you're absolutely right, because we all
1: got baptized, yeah. and we all thought we were getting the Holy Ghost, yeah. because after your baptism, they lay their hands on your head and say, receive the Holy Ghost. What we didn't realize is that's an invitation. That's an invitation to seek for and receive the Holy Ghost. We think, oh, they're giving me the Holy Ghost. No man can give you the Holy Ghost. Mm. That's nonsense. Uh, and I wondered why I didn't feel anything, and now I know, Yeah. you know? So, um, you have to have both, you know? You have to have the baptism of the water yeah. and baptism of the Spirit. Mm. I don't have to tell you that, but mm. you have to tell Mormons that, yeah. because a lot of them will look at the baptism of the Spirit as it's a little odd, little kooky, because I didn't have it, you know, mm-hmm. and and I don't know anybody who did, and mm-hmm. and so they just sort of follow. Well, as long as we follow the prophet, we'll be all right. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about that stuff. Yeah, the
0: baptism of the spirit's not mentioned. Much. It is Kirkland uh, Temple experience is a baptism. Yeah. Of the spirit. Well,
1: again, the early uh, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you look at look at the early uh, revelations. You look at the Book of Mormon. The baptism of the spirit is all over there. But mm-hmm. um, in modern day, because again, the leaders haven't experienced it, mm-hmm. and 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 they admit to it. Mm -hmm. Well, not all of
0: them, but I mean, those who did, they admit that, uh, well, you know, it'll come. Could you imagine going into a relief society or a high priest group meeting um, talking about seeking the baptism of the Spirit? (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if you
0: talk (coughs) about personal revelation now,
1: my wife was in a relief society uh, (coughs) lesson. Excuse me. uh, uh, I I think what it was about was uh, uh, the question posed by the teacher was how, uh, what kind of what, what kind of things happen that, that keep us from praying? And people would say, well, you know, I get too busy or whatever. And Connie raised her hand and she said, well, it, you know, usually it's because, you know, Satan doesn't want us to uh, receive personal revelation. Mm-hmm. And it got real quiet because we're not, we don't have revelation anymore. The prophet gets revelation. Mm-hmm. And yet try and find one, right? Mm-hmm. Try and find one revelation. You ask, you ask a typical member of the church, uh, what are your two favorite revelations? And first they'll be stymied. Then they'll go, well, you know what, the, the proclamation on the family, mm-hmm. and if you read that, you can see it's not a revelation, mm-hmm. it's a white paper. And the other is, uh, oh, yeah, the president Monson announced that missionaries could now go out at 18. BUT IF YOU WATCH THAT, IT'S ALSO A POLICY CHANGE. Mm -hmm. THERE'S NO REVELATION. Mm -hmm. WHEN ARE WE GOING TO GET SOMETHING LIKE JOSEPH SMITH PRODUCED THAT WAS IN
0: THE WORDS OF THE LORD, Mm -hmm. YOU KNOW, HAD SOME FORM OF THUS SAITH THE LORD. So are you looking for that, or are you are you satisfied that God and in different times, as Hebrews 1 says, spoke to us through prophets, but in these last days speaks to us through His Son? Are you looking for more revelation to come, as it did through Joseph, or are you satisfied, and where does that lie with
1: you now? Well, I think that if the president of the church was to announce that I've received a revelation from the Lord, and here's something He wanted me to convey to you, I'd perk up, mm. you know, I want to hear it, but here's what we're supposed to do. You take that, and you, you listen to it, read it, and you take it to the Lord and ask, is this from you? Mm-hmm. That's, then you get uh, a witness of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't, even, he doesn't even throw out an example. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even give us anything to pray about.
0: We have a lot of former uh, or current LDS people not uh, in our audience, which is scant tonight, but uh, if there's any questions you guys have, uh, we'll open it up to come up and, uh, and uh, off, I'll, we'll keep you off camera and you just hold my uh, microphone. So come on up and uh, stand over here. You'll be off camera right here. You're off camera by this part of the phone and we'll do it. Uh, while they're coming up, uh, Rock, I ask this of different guests. You die. You go to the pearly gates. You go to the judgment. You go to before God. What do you say? What 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 what, what is your you know the only thing he wants to know
1: is how did you treat other people? How did you treat other people? Yeah. Today the Mormon church is teaches us to be inward focused. When when it teaches us about sins, it's almost always you get Sunday school lessons. It's almost always you know sexual sin, you know, if you tried to cop a feel with your girlfriend, that's a sin, that's something that that they're very focused on, but they don't ask you were you kind to the needy? Were you were you kind to the beggar? They don't ask that. They just want to know how are, are you being good? Mm-hmm. Well, being good means BEING OUTWARD FOCUSED. Mm. AND SO THAT'S WHAT THE LORD WOULD ASK ME. I SEE. HOW DID YOU TREAT YOUR FELLOW MAN? I SEE. AND THANKFULLY, YOU KNOW, MOST OF, well, THIS this ENTIRE BLOG IS THE PROCESS OF MY REPENTANCE, AND THANKFULLY I'M REPENTING THESE DAYS FOR THE MISTAKES I MADE, THE REJECTION OF REJECTING MY FELLOW, fellow HUMAN BEINGS BECAUSE THEY WERE AN ANNOYANCE. YOU KNOW, SOMEBODY WOULD COME UP AND ASK FOR CHANGE IN THE GROCERY STORE PARKING LOT. Okay, I'll give you a quarter, you know, just to get rid of you. And uh, I, I just don't like what I was. Mm. And I think I'm a better person now.
0: He's gone. Thanks so much, Rock, for your transparency. Come on up. Uh, we have uh, right here. Just to- oh, he has a mic. All right. This is an off air question. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Rock, it's real refreshing to meet you. Like, oh, man, I here. think we would get
1: along just fine. And uh, really testimony tonight. Uh, Myself having come out of Mormonism and and doing a lot of study on the Book of Mormon and DNA and archaeology and
2: and other things, I mean and I'm just wondering as far as the restoration of the gospel, how do you feel about the Book of Mormon and and also how do you feel about the restored things like uh, baptism for the dead, temple marriage,
1: and in particular the priesthood. Well, the priesthood has been misrepresented. Um, we don't have the Melchizedek priesthood. The, the church thinks they do. The, uh, the best they have is the ironic. It, Denver has taught about this more, and again, I would refer to his book, Preserving the Restoration, because I'm not really good at focusing on that. Um, a lot. Of, I'm learning that a lot of things that we assume that were fraudulent or false about Mormonism or its founding is... Often, the result of incomplete information. I'll give you an example. You're, most of us here are aware of the uh, the issue on the Book of Abraham, because it's been shown that the funeral, of the uh, papyrus, mm-hmm. was a funeral. Uh, you know, basically, mm-hmm. it was buried with every mummy. Well, yeah, it was, but <laughs> in uh, the witnesses to the witnesses who were there described it as being in both black ink and, wi- and, and red ink, and that they unrolled it once and it went about 50 feet. So sure, the funerary documents were in there, but there was something else in there too. So we, again, incomplete information has us thinking, well, you know, obviously the funeral, and I don't know anything about uh, who identified, you know, the, uh, the facsimiles, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which are clearly incorrect. I think that was done after Joseph's death. Um, YOU KNOW, BY PEOPLE TRYING TO PIECE THINGS TOGETHER. AND THEY COME UP, AND the, 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 HERE AGAIN, IT'S ALL COMING HOME TO ROOST. ALL THESE THINGS THAT THEY MADE UP um, uh, TO TRY AND BOLSTER PEOPLE'S FAITH ARE, uh, YOU KNOW, THIS IS THE STUFF THAT BREAKS YOUR SHELF.
0: SO IN TERMS OF uh, THE QUESTION OFF, off uh, CAMERA, THE BOOK OF MORMON, YOU DO BELIEVE TO BE a, AN ACTUAL oh, HISTORICAL yeah, DOCUMENT. Yes,
1: YES, I DO. AND, and uh, UNLIKE THE MAINSTREAM LATTER-DAY SAINTS, who believe it took place in Mesoamerica because that's where the ruins are. I believe it took place in the Great Lakes area, uh, Illinois, Iowa, um, Michigan, all the, and there's a lot of information coming mm-hmm. forward. Uh, uh, to uh, Here's what's really interesting. People say, well, well, where are the skeletons, you know, uh, around uh, Hill Cumora. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if you leave a skeleton out, you know, all these people, there was a huge battle. And if you leave these uh, skeletons out, they don't—they re- decompose and they turn into dust and they sink into the earth or they blow away. But there are records of farmers picking up just wheelbarrows full of arrowheads and spearheads. So those things would remain because they were made of steel and flint. Um, but there's no skeletons. So there's a uh, Ron Meldrum. Uh, I, I Anybody interested, look up the homeland model of the Book of Mormon, and there's such a treasure. During colonial times, there were fortifications, there were walls, but the farmers took them down. They took all this stuff down. So by the time you know, the 20th century breaks, there doesn't seem to be any, any record. But I, I found that fascinating because what they found in the found after picking up all these arrowheads, they found they couldn't grow crops because there was too much lime in the soil, and lime is a byproduct of decomposing bones. Do you read the Bible? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you mostly the New Testament. I used to like the old. Testament. I I love the the Old Testament dietary laws. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but but. Uh,
0: uh, but you do read the New Testament, oh yeah. Uh, uh-huh.
1: and do you read the JST or the Inspired, or do you? I'm do starting to read the JST again. Oh yeah? um, uh, I have actually, haven't really read it through. I'm starting to read it through. There's a it, um, again in this uncorrelated Mormon movement, uh, a couple of teams of researchers got together and they decided we're going to try and find the most accurate, most original documents that we can, and uh, among that is the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sur- surprised me, but the 1830 Book of Mormon is rife with errors. <coughs> it was printer error. It was a copy of a copy before it ever got to the, the printer. Then the printer made his uh, adjustments because it was just one long paragraph without any punctuation. But uh, but uh, among these things, they're getting together the Joseph Smith translation and trying to find the most accurate version of that. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he, in in 20 instances, he gave speeches where he gave more insight to some of the things in the Joseph Smith Translation. Mm-hmm. And you know what I like about that? You know this, this um, scripture that we taught uh, as missionaries, that the Lord said many of, many of you will, c- many will come to me at that day and say Lord, Lord, did oh. I not mm-hmm. cast out demons and do many great works in your name? And the Lord will say I never knew you. Mm-hmm. What the Joseph Smith Translation says is you never knew me. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot more sense, mm-hmm. you see. You, you know, you're doing
0: all this stuff, but you never knew me. Mm-hmm. Uh, on par, equal to, greater than, Martin Luther, Erasmus, Calvin. I like Erasmus. I'm glad to hear somebody talk about Erasmus. You know, I love Erasmus. One
1: of my favorite things Erasmus said is he said, when I get a little money, I buy books. If I have anything left over, I buy food and clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Joseph was the vessel. Yeah, because I never did finish yeah. answering your question. Joseph was a vessel through which the Lord woke people up. Okay? okay? He is not, uh, 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 it's hard to compare him to uh, any of the other reformers. I would say he is one of the reformers, gotcha. um, but he's he's a major one. I admire the man no end uh, mm-hmm. more than I used to because again, uh, I, I, got, I got the church, the narrative. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned the documentary history of the church, you cannot depend on it. You have to go back to the original documents. Mm-hmm. And right now, um, there's a bunch of historians that are compiling the Joseph Smith papers. Mm-hmm. So we're getting the actual pages, photographs of the pages and, uh, they're hard to read, so translate in English. And Denver is the only guy I know who's read them all through. I've got a a, a partial set. I think there must be a dozen, uh, uh, but they're like fifty bucks each. So, so I didn't get the. Oh, are we still on? So uh, he's the only one. He uh, he's got them underlined. He's read them through, and he's learned stuff that uh, that you know they they counter the narrative of the church. Mm,
0: fascinating. You have yes. Oh, another question be my guest off-camera guest
3: (laughs) hi is it on it's on okay hi um my name is diana in fact i know denver and his daughter amy she grew up in in my home spent many hours we'll have to talk but um i have a question what uh it's in hebrews no man has ever seen god at any time and yet Joseph Smith claims to have seen God, the Father, and Jesus Christ. Maybe you've already answered this question. I don't know, but... Uh,
1: I can't answer that question because I've never seen him, but uh, I, I have no reason for disbelieving those who claim they have. Um, there's a so lot of problems. So you
3: would say the Bible is incorrect then? And the
1: yeah, especially Paul. I don't completely oh trust Paul. Um, uh, and it's not that I don't trust <laughs> You're church. killing me
0: guy.
1: <laughs> it's not that I don't trust Paul. I, uh, um, there's two schools of thought on this, uh, and I've read some people who say, you know, he couldn't get past his pharisaical beliefs. You know, women should keep silent in the churches and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what to, you know, uh, uh, but some of these things just aren't, they don't matter to me, they're not on my radar. What matters to me is, what is God teaching me? What would he have me do? And he'd have me be kind to other people. And uh, I, 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 that's, my, that's my doctrine.
3: And you know, yeah. I don't, uh, boy, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that's f- first and foremost, but um, I think truth reigns in right there with it and um, finding out truth. So do you believe then that Joseph Smith in 3 Nephi visited the American continent. Yes, yes, I do. You do believe Jesus that. Christ?
0: You mean?
1: Did you yes. see Joseph Smith? She did. I, yeah, I'm Joseph so Smith sorry. I visit, Jesus Christ. He was already on the continent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do believe. I believe uh, in the historicity of the Book of Mormon. And uh, you know, I've I've gone through the whole journey of <coughs> of doubt and questioning. And I think this is an important thing. And and this is what I would recommend everybody do. I was at a seminar once where a a fellow said, a teacher said, in order to come to truth, you need to let go of your fixed beliefs. And everybody thought, yeah, that's fine. He says, so you let go of whether Joseph Smith is a prophet. Let go of, is the Book of Mormon true? Even let go of whether Jesus is the Christ. And everybody gasped. Actually, they gasped at Joseph Smith because they're challenging, challenging their faith. But he said, look, if it's true, it's going to be true when you come back around. Mm-hmm. So whatever, whatever. I think it's important to let go of your fixed beliefs and start over and examine what mm-hmm. you believe and why. Because most of us who were raised in the church were taught from primary certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, as for uh, Joseph Smith's uh, uh, seeing God, I don't even know if he if he saw God more than uh, once, more than that first vision.
3: Well. I mean, he claims he did, and that just—it's in—it's in such. Yeah, I see, I don't
1: know if the, the communications he got as revelations were revelations. I believe they were through the through the mouth of God, through the mind of God, out of His mouth. But I don't know. You know, I think the impression members get today is every Thursday, the president of the church. Uh, GOES UP TO THE uh, UPPER ROOM OF THE TEMPLE AND SEES GOD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, don't, I DON'T THINK SO. <laughs> SO I DON'T KNOW. You know, I CAN'T answer okay. YOUR QUESTION. OKAY. Uh, I, I DON'T KNOW. got to. HERE'S SOMETHING YOU NEED TO KNOW ABOUT ME. I AM A BABE IN THE WOODS. I AM RELEARNING EVERYTHING THAT I THOUGHT I KNEW, THOUGHT I BELIEVED, AND SO I HAVEN'T GONE THROUGH ALL THE SCRIPTURES AGAIN. I HAVEN'T uh, uh, FIGURED THINGS OUT COMPLETELY. ALL I KNOW IS I'VE BEEN WRONG. And I'm trying to, trying to do it right. I'm in the same I boat, I understand really. <laughs> <and> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's
3: awesome. Now, as far as the archaeology, and I know you, you probably touched on this, but what about the metallurgy and the the horses uh, being here on this continent? I, I
1: believe it's been found that there were horses on the continent. There's a lot of stuff that that is out there that archaeology has since determined it wasn't you know they they were it was said that they were brought by the Spaniards apparently there's evidence that that they were here again but I can't talk to that I'm not one of the uh, I would talk to Ron Meldrum or, or Wayne May at the uh, the Homeland model and find out I'm
3: so uh. if you could put Paul and Joseph Smith toe to toe you would choose Joseph Smith, over no, Paul No,
1: I wouldn't say that. I, I, I don't. And I'm, jo- I'm
3: not trying to be critical here. Sure. I'm really oh, yeah. not.
1: Well, Joseph was a highly flawed man, and you were, you will read in the Revelation that Jesus called him on the carpet many times. What we don't see is Jesus calling Thomas Monson or Gordon Hinckley on the carpet. These guys are supposedly perfect. If we follow them, you know, we'll make it. Joseph said, "Don't follow me." But um, um, you, you brought something to mind that.
0: Uh, i forgot sorry <laughs> we got a call is that right diana yeah. take our call or do you have more
3: well i've got more but go ahead and take the call
0: okay we have ben in fresno ben you're on heart fresno. of the matter with rock hello ben
2: hey guys happy forward to you
0: same to you thanks uh, It's been a long time i've actually never called in i used to attend heart of the matter but uh, so it's the first time for me um it's uh rock yeah i read a lot of your articles i actually sent quite a few concerning marriage and tithing to a Mormon
2: mm-hmm. friend of mine and uh to no end of irritation <laughs> and he did not like that at all but i what you're i hear what you're saying so it's very interesting now what i can't help thinking of as you're talking is um, the tests of a prophet that are given to us in Deuteronomy and I believe 13 and 14 and Two of the criteria are if you know the people the prophet leads people after God they have not known number one and Number two if they proclaim a thing and that thing does not come to pass um, I would ask since the New Testament is full of you know admonitions to test spirits and Thessalonians and other places where um, false prophets have gone abroad if Joseph Smith does not meet that criteria of failing to be a prophet.
1: Okay, all I can tell you is uh, let's get back to the Book of Mormon. It rings true to me now. I went through, like I said, I went through my journey where I was a doubt and a skeptic. It rings true to me now. I can't Bible bash with every, you know, I, I'm just not qualified. I'm, I'm a dummy, you know. I, I was a disc jockey, and you know, um, that's the lowest form of life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I've done it too, I understand.
1: Yeah, so, so, you know, don't look to me for guidance or scholarship or anything like that. All I can tell you is I was mistaken in the past. I'm finding my way now. Um, I could, I, I, I've been wrong before. I expect to be wrong many times. But the important thing here's the thing: if something leads us to Christ, and the, again, the Book of Mormon says that which leads you to Christ is good; that which doesn't is not good. So, anything that leads us to Christ, you know, the little problems here and there—they they, they do not affect me because I've had the baptism of fire, and that's that's my central um, moment. Does that help, Ben? Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that for
2: now. Uh, I just have one other question, if I might. Is okay. That if you, Sean already asked this, but if you were to die, do you know that you will be with Christ for eternity, or are you still depending on some repentance and works to take place? Oh, no. I'll take that off
1: there. Um, uh, uh, um, Thanks,
2: Ben. God bless, guys. Thanks. Uh,
1: I believe that faith without works is dead, but not in the way we've been taught in the LDS Church. Um, I, if I were to meet Christ, I have a hope, but I'm not there yet. You know, we're always we're always repenting of our sins all the time, so I, you know, I don't, you know, I, it, well, you know, the old rock waterman thought I'm headed for the celestial kingdom. You know, that's what most Mormons think. You know, you, especially you know, see a guy who's a state president or high council, okay, he's he's on track. No, come on, man. You know it's not your calling or your office that that matters. It's what you do and it's how you treat other people. I got a lot of catching up to do, a lot.
0: I can't tell you. Uh, we're going to go to Luis in Manteca, California, in a second. But uh, Brock, uh, Brock, rock, I want to tell you uh, <laughs> uh, uh, how impressed I am at your humility and uh, at your um, your heart for truth. And that you admit, you know, the, the common phrase today is we're in process, mm. but we are in, yeah. in so many ways. And you, you readily admit that. And I sense a heart that loves the Lord, is seeking for truth wherever it can be found. And just just honored to have you share with us on the show. Thank I you. really appreciate okay. it. Uh, let's go to Luis in Manteca. Luis, you're on Heart of the Matter. And we've got Trace Minutos. Luis? Three minutes, huh? Hey, Luis, you are you there? Hey, you are bilingual. Well, Luis? <laughs> Hello?
1: Well, if you're not there, I'd like to plug <laughs> this book by my friend Sean McCready. <laughs> this is called Knife to a Gunfight, and it's excellent. I, I've just been reading a little bit of it. <laughs> Look at him. That's the book. He's okay. only doing that because I like, told no, him, him holding I up him. To the, yeah, there we <laughs> go. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Thanks, Rock. Uh, final thoughts. I had just have to tell what Ben was trying to get to and what, what we're really big on here and, and what, they're, what we're trying to kind of uh, see if you'll say is that when you die and go before God, um, that you would say, uh, and we know that you want to be kind and we know you want to have compassion, but what Ben and what I was looking to see if you'd say is that before God you would say, I've had faith in your son. Your son. Uh, yeah. your well, son. that's
1: actually who I think I'm going before. So uh, you, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, well, of course, as we know, if you're a Mormon, you're automatically saved too. So there's that, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. Is uh, that yeah. what you're that, trying That's to kind
0: do? of what uh, everyone is hoping for who follows the show and is a, a, a Christian uh, not a religionist, but a Christian in the heart, hmm. like you are, spirit born. Yeah. Uh, they hope to hear when that question asked of somebody: What do you say when you stand before God? And people say, like Isaiah said, "I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips." Yeah. You know. But I sense that from you. It just yeah, your- absolutely. I, that, uh, that's the answer. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I'm not worthy. Yeah. you know? Yeah. And 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 thank you for. Even wanting to see me is what yeah. I, yeah. what I'd say to him. Yeah. I'm, I, I'd be grateful to be in his presence. Yeah. And and I think it's the interesting thing. I think that God wants us to get to the level where He can look to us as friends and not mm. not our not His children. Mm. He teaches us in the Bible so much about being treated like children because we are children. Mm. But when he, when He brings us up, when He lifts us up, mm-hmm. we're His friends. We could sit around and have a Have a glass of wine. Mm.
0: Well, Jesus made that clear. That now I call you friends. He said that to the disciples. So I get that. Well, I certainly call you my friend. And I certainly call you my brother. And and, uh, I look forward to the day when we stand before our king. And uh, just see how all this stuff fleshes out.
1: Yeah, a couple of filthy apostates. Yes,
0: (laughs) they were united in the apostatehood. (laughs) Listen, uh, that's it tonight with Rock Waterman. He's on Pure Mormonism. And those of you who are uh, followers, uh, who follow uh, Rock and all his insights, uh, if you're watching tonight, we welcome you. And uh, we just praise God for uh, loving us Mm -hmm. so much. He gave us his only begotten son. And we'll see you next week. Here on Heart of the Mountain. Amen. Thank Amen. you, John. Thank you, brother.
3: Good job, you guys. I'm, on right I'm glad we had it. Going nowhere. I am an existential cowboy on the wind. And I won't be coming out. I'm going. This man's awake, a storm's arising The dawn's awaiting till a hundred monkeys know And I can feel the light till monkeys start